I need to think about what <laughs> I still have not come up with what we're gonna do next time. Jesus, man. <laughs> Dude, I am I told you I am not on the ball at all this year. This year is not my year. Um so give me a moment. I know I had an idea for one. Ah, screw it. Okay, I know what I'm gonna do. Okay, that's all right. right. So uh yeah. Welcome to Creature Crunch, the podcast where we take a creature, shoot it up with some LSD in hopes of scaring it so bad it uh, pops out something even worse. My name is Matt. And I'm secretly living in your spine. <laughs> and yeah, as you mentioned last time, mm-hmm. we covered the oldest movie that we have so far on this podcast, uh, the old uh, The Tingler. The Tingler from 1959. With with Vincent Price, Vincent. who was a delight. Yes. <laughs> as always. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> like... This is one of those movies where if it wasn't for Vincent Price, it would be kind of rough. I would not have enjoyed this. <laughs> but Vincent Price is so fucking good he's very, that he elevates just anything he's in. He's He is really good. I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it for him alone. Also, I mean, there were some character there, dynamics that were wildly unique for, like... To, in, in today's movie standards. Right, I mean, yeah. Because this is... I, I'm not much of an old movie buff. Uh-huh. I have not seen too many classics as it right. were uh so i'm definitely inundated in the the today tropes and to see some of these things like things that would be considered unusual and maybe even a huge plot point in today's movies mm-hmm. as just kind of a thing in this one was really right. really cool yeah. and, um and specifically refer- referencing his relationship with his wife uh, it, it's very interesting. It like, was wild. Yeah. Like you watch it and you're like, oh, I see where how things are going to go. But it's just like, no, that's this not is, what I expected it's at all. actually kind of a twisty little movie. It is. It is. <laughs> so uh, some twists pay off better than others, I'd say. Oh, but yeah. but like there, a few of them pay off really well, I think. I, I think so. Yeah. I think so. I, I enjoyed it. I had fun. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. I'll admit that. Good. I don't. I don't think I'd go that far. Uh, but <laughs> if you want to, if you want to see a big old, a big rubber cockroach crawling across yeah. the floor, then this is the movie for you. But then again, I'm I'm a Godzilla nerd, so who am I to complain? People who live in kaiju houses should not throw <laughs> daikaiju stones. So, um, yeah, this was a weird one, though. Uh-huh. It was, yep. So, Chris, uh, like, we. We got to talk about the director, William Castle. Okay, sure. Because he's kind of an interesting guy. Okay, I am not familiar. Yeah, his entire thing was uh, he wanted to make horror movies. Sure. And in order to get butts in seats, he made them as gimmicky as possible. Okay. Uh, two of his other big ones was he made a movie called Macabre that he, when people would go to the theater, he would give them life insurance policies for $1,000. <laughs> And if somebody was so scared that they died, he would pay out the the life insurance policy, and he would have paramedics outside the theaters. Okay, in like an ambulance. Okay, I could. That that does seem like a very nineteen fifties gimmicky thing to do. Right. So, and his other one was uh, before this was uh, he directed the original House on Haunted Hill. Okay, and in that movie, when a there was a scene where there's a, a skeleton, like okay. a glowing skeleton. So what he would do is he would have a glowing skeleton on a wire zip around the theater <laughs> during that scene. So people would be like, oh, the skeleton's come out of the screen and it's haunting us. <laughs> That's really good, though. And he would also pay uh, shills to be in the theaters and, like, scream at moments to make them more scary, more scary, right, more scary right. and amp up the, the feel of the theater. Sure, sure. Really playing up the theatrics. Right, yes. So this one, what he did was... Um, during the big moment at the end of the movie, like when the, the tingler is crawling around in the theater, uh, he would have buzzers in seats, and he would have the the uh, film operator hit the button, and it would shock the people in the seats like oh. a, with a joy buzzer. <laughs> like So very, very mild electric shock. They, they were airplane engines that he had put in the seats, and they would vibrate and shock the person. <laughs> And be like, oh no, the tingler's getting my butt. <laughs> and then of course you'd have people scream at all the time, so Right. Yeah. That's wild. And he bragged that he had buzzed over like ten thousand butts or something like that in his bi- in his biography. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. He he's a very interesting guy. Yeah, I would not fly these days, but No God, no. <laughs> I guess there were some instances where people had, like, heart conditions and got shocked and, like, 
passed out and stuff like I that. I believe, yeah, like <laughs> the litigation nightmare that they yeah, would yeah, cause yeah. would be. <laughs> but that's it's interesting. That's, it's very interesting. <laughs> it's yeah. wild. Um. So yeah, he is. He's a very gimmicky director, but he also has this insane love of horror movies. I could definitely see that. Yeah. And especially in a time where like most horror movies were like, oh, what if it was a normal monster or normal animal, but they were big. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because I mean, this was in the era of King Kong and Godzilla. Right. Right. Having a movie like this, which is kind of a high concept horror movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It makes no sense, but it's kind of a high concept movie. Having this and like House on Haunted Hill where it's like, is the place actually haunted or is he just driving people insane? Is he just fucking with people? Like, what's going on in this movie? Having that in like very early horror is is interesting. Like, very creative guy. Totally bonkers, but very creative guy. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Like, the, the concepts in this movie were unique. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't expect this to go the way it went. No, no. So we open with uh, our director, William Castle, introducing us to the movie and warning us that the film is going to affect us uh, physically and going to scare the pants off of us. And to reduce this effect, we should scream as loud as we can. Yeah, he was like, he basically was saying, like, in order to not die of fright, yeah. scream. Yeah. You know, I, okay, that, that's a pretty good primer, I suppose. Right. And then the, we get a bunch of faces screaming at us. I hated that. Which was great because I was watching this at work in my office. Uh, it was awful. <laughs> it's just disembodied heads screaming. Yeah, it was yeah. the worst. Wasn't great. <laughs> really, really shrill, too. Yeah. Like, oh, man, it was unpleasant. It's like, well, I don't like this. Yep. And from there we go to uh, police leading a screaming a man, uh, leading a screaming man away from a cell to be executed. Yep. Yeah, uh, it turns out be... that he's murdered two women, and he is gonna get the electric chair. Yeah, he's a he's a bad man. Yep, a bad dude. Uh, and then afterwards, Vincent Price prepares to do the man's autopsy. Vincent Price has a character name. You're not gonna remember it. He's Vincent Price. It was Warren. It was Warren. I do yeah, remember but... it. No, it's he's Vincent, Vincent Price. Price. <laughs> yeah, Price. Yeah, it's Vincent <laughs> Price. Okay. But, but just for the record, it is Warren. It is Warren. But yes. it is also Vincent Price. Yeah, very much Vincent Price. Um, the brother of the executed man's wife, uh, named Ollie, intrudes on the autopsy and asks if the electric chair always kills the people and if they feel any pain when they get electrocuted. Yeah, he's like I morbidly. Don't know, I don't know if I'd describe it as morbidly interested. It's more like fearfully interested. Yeah. Like he's, he almost feels, or at least the, the sense that I got uh-huh. in the scene was that he was like empathetic. He was just like, you know, Oh, do they, do they feel pain? Oh my God. That's awful. You know, he's just, almost looking at this, like a, the, the electric chair is very inhumane. Right. At the same time, we know because of what he does at the end of the movie, he's worried about himself. Yeah. Yeah. That didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's foreshadowing. It is. It is. But it was just kind of, Uh it was interesting. Yeah. Ollie's kind of an interesting guy altogether. He's got a very skeletal look about him. I I dug the, the, uh, I I don't want to say character design because he's a real man. (laughs) But congratulations to his parents on good character design. <laughs> Amazing character design <laughs> to, to his mother and father. <laughs> A plus. Good job. Good. <laughs> and and I guess the rest of his life for weathering him into this. Kind right. Of... <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, makeup and, and costuming uh-huh. and stuff. Wardrobe like that. Those have yeah, a yeah, hand yeah. in it. But he he's he has a very <sighs> likable isn't the right word, but. I enjoyed looking at him. Like, like, I don't know. That's weird. No, I get you. I get you. So kind of like a timid, but also like could be terrifying. Yeah. Pretty much all of our main cast are really good. Yeah, they really are. And they're, they're very charismatic and fun to watch, Uh which is what it's good because (laughs) a lot of the other story is completely ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't as, it's not as bananas as I thought it was going to be or as as loosely (laughs) like, I mean, yeah, you have to, you have to take a certain amount of, you have to completely suspend your, your disbelief. Right. But like, once you do that though, it it, it is a very chilling idea. Like Uh it's a cool concept Uh and the movie lives in its own universe, which is definitely very strong. Like it's not an incoherent storyline. It's just one of those like, yeah, this is a roll with it. (laughs) Yeah, you do. You do. So, 
Uh, so, um, Vincent Price does the autopsies at the uh, for the entire county, and he always has to do them after an execution. Um, and he he says that the the people who are executed almost always die of what he would call fright, but he has to put like heart attack via elect- electricity on. The yeah, you can't record. you can't put died of died of fright on the on the death certificate. Like, yeah, the, that's not gonna fly under the state. Yeah. So he's performing the autopsy on this man who Although, was just. Huh. Missed opportunity for him not just saying shocked to death. Yeah. Well. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Uh, he does the autopsy on the man who was just executed and discovers that his vertebrae are splintered. <laughs> Which is a freaking wild thing to think about. Yeah. Apparently he was so scared that his back tore itself apart. Mm-hmm. Which is insane. Yeah. Like... And, and I, I even think Ollie is suggesting, like, wow, electricity, that yeah. can do that? And Price is like, no. Uh-uh. It was something else. Yeah, he just got so scared that he tore himself to pieces. Yeah. Or something did. Something did. Yeah, I don't even think he said that it was... It, he Price blames the fear, but he also talks about fear as being a very physical right. and, yeah, like, yeah. presence in this man's body. Not, not a... Like, his muscles tore him apart or anything. It was like, no, there was something in him because right, of yeah. his fear. It's like, yeah, yeah. Which, again, once you, if you do suspend that disbelief, that's a horrifying thought. It really is, yeah. Um, and he, he mentions that, like, oh, it's the, it starts as, like, the tingle in your spine, and it can grow stronger and stronger and stronger until it just rips you apart if you don't release it somehow. Yeah. So he's he's going to call this, in this weird force, uh, the tingler. <laughs> So five minutes in and we have a title drop. <laughs> a title drop and also the fact that the nineteen fifties had no idea what words actually no, meant. No. <laughs> and what they would mean in yeah. the future. <laughs> it's just like, it's supposed to be haunting and terrifying. And it's just it's not. No. <laughs> oh, hindsight, you're hilarious. Uh, Price talks about people like literally being scared to death because they couldn't release this fear tension. By screaming or whatever. I, I think the only explanation they... Or the only example they ever give of releasing it is screaming. Right, right, right. But whatever. Yeah. Um, Ollie takes Price home uh, because now they're best friends. Other way around. Uh, oh, excuse me. Price takes Ollie home because now they're best friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because Ollie is just asks, like, hey, Doc, can you give me a lift home? Right. And that's when they introduce each other. Like, he, right. at, up to that point, he didn't even know. Price is just like, yeah, sure, I'll do that because I'm a cool guy. Uh-huh. But then they, they, they go home and he's just like, yep, we're going to go up to my apartment for a drink. Why? <laughs> okay. <laughs> just, all right, whatever. Because now we're best friends. I mean, I guess if you get Vincent Price to take you home, you bring yeah. him in for dinner. <laughs> like, yeah, really. Uh, it turns out that Ollie lives uh, above a theater that him and his wife own and run and they show silent movies. Mm-hmm. Ollie's wife runs the uh, the ticket counter, and she is deaf and mute. Yes, she is. So he communicates to her with sign language. Which was, uh, yep, yep. And from what I gather, actually pretty accurate sign language. From what I read. I am not an expert. Mm-hmm. Looked legit to me. Mm-hmm. So, but that's good. Honestly, a little surprising. Like, movies back then, I feel like, probably didn't have to put that much effort into that kind of thing. Because... Uh-huh. I mean, there was no fact-checking, like, yeah. widespread fact-checking like there is today, and, you know, they could just shoehorn stuff in there. But, no, at the mm-hmm. same time, then again, back then, they were more artists and not money. They're not trying yeah. to go for that paycheck. They were actually trying to make art. <laughs> so maybe that's it. I don't know. Yeah. Commentary of some sort. The uh, the actress who played uh, Martha Ollie's wife was apparently a really gifted singer. Wow. And like a, a, a soprano, a really strong soprano. So when she was cast in this role where she didn't get to say a single word, she was like kind of disappointed. Other people were like, why would you even cast her? Like, that's what you cast her for. Yeah. Her voice. Yeah, that's that seems like wasted opportunity, mm-hmm. wasted talent. But she really like made a meal of the role. She did pretty good. <sighs> okay, uh, Martha doesn't really seem to trust Price or anyone else. <laughs> And when they go upstairs, uh, she puts money in a big old safe and then, like, compulsively washes her hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... I, I thought maybe that they were trying to imply that she had, uh, like, OCD. Right. Uh, I don't think that's what they were going for. Or I at least that's not 
they didn't they definitely didn't follow through with that no like they, they mentioned or ollie mentions that she has like several fears and phobias and stuff so that might be part of that yeah but... she, she's got a she's she's a germaphobe for right. sure for sure and then as we find out very shortly after that she's also a hemophiliac mm-hmm. so i think that's the term hemophiliac i don't know i'm gonna google it i need okay, to go know. for it man i'm pretty sure i'm right no hemophobic i think i'm i think i'm you feel like she really fucking loves blood. Yeah. Can't get enough of the stuff. Yeah, I think I screwed that up. Hemophobic. She's hemophobic. There it is. Okay. Uh, Ollie tells Price that um, Martha is deaf and mute, but she can read lips pretty well. And she was born without vocal cords. Like, this wasn't an accent or anything that happened. She literally doesn't have vocal cords. Yeah, she just can't. She can't make any sound. Right. Not even, not not only, like, not just because she can't here therefore she can't speak or anything it's no literally no sound right right uh while drinking a cup of tea uh price like thrusts a saucer to the floor and breaks it (laughs) he's just (laughs) let's drink some tea smash oh pardon me and then all these responses oh it's my fault oh i'm sorry that was a clumsy thing to do it's my fault no, no, Ollie, it wasn't. No, <laughs> your guest came in and shattered one of your one of your tea saucers. Yeah. it's not your fault. <laughs> yeah, uh, but Price cuts his hand on it, so he's bleeding pretty good. Martha sees the blood and collapses to the floor. No, she's hemophiliac. She just jumps on him and, and starts licking, eating it, and yeah, no, <laughs> she yeah. she's she is hemophobic. Past Matt, you idiot, and <laughs> and yeah, she she's yeah. she cannot. She cannot abide by this. <laughs> yeah. Price gives her the once over and deduces that the reason she fainted isn't because, like, she just fainted, but because the fear builds and builds and builds in her and she can't scream to let it out. So it builds until she literally collapses from it. And you can start to see the gears turning in his head at this point. Yeah. Uh, Price brings Martha out of her swoon by cracking some smelling salts. And waking her up, and she immediately rushes to the safe to make sure that it's okay. Yeah, she she opens it up and checks on the money. Ollie says that she's very protective of it and won't leave anyone alone with it. And so Price takes his leave of the couple, and after, like, making several messes and knocking out his wife, just leaves. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Vincent Price. You're a wonderful house guest. Gotta gotta go. Uh, Price arrives home expecting to find his wife, Isabel, but instead finds her sister, Lucy, who is waiting for Price's assistant, David. Mm -hmm. So we have several characters and all of their various relationships just kind of thrown at us right there. Yeah. Also, I mean, to be fair, the the living arrangements of this place, I'm confused on. Because Price is living in a really nice house. Yeah, yeah. Um, Probably because he is a... A doctor, I would well, hope, no, I would imagine. It, it, oh, no, no, it was his wife. That's it's right. His wife's, it's, yeah. wife, it's his wife's money. Because she got right. it from uh, her dad. That's yeah, a plot that point, was, man. That was, yeah, my bad. Um, But yeah, like, and her sister, I guess, lives there. No, I guess, never mind. Yeah. I'm just going to The only one who doesn't this. live there is David. Yeah, yeah. But, but Price's lab is also there. Price's lab is, like, right off the living room. <laughs> 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 it's not in a basement or in, like... A building outside on the premise. No, it's right off the living room. Yeah, it's just it's just a doorway. <laughs> yeah, which is insane because he's doing all these experiments with fear because he's Jonathan fucking Crane. <laughs> I am convinced that they based like a lot of the portrayals of Jonathan Crane the Scarecrow off of Vincent Price from this movie. I can see it. I can see it. It's a good possibility. A lot of a lot of uh, thematic parallels. Uh huh. So, but yeah, and we also start getting a taste of. Price's relationship with his wife. Yeah. Because he does walk in and he, he asks, he's like, where's my lovely wife? Yeah. But then as the conversation goes on, you're like, oh, that was not meant with sincerity. No. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, Isabel is out partying and living it up and doing all the things that uh, Price doesn't like to do. Yeah. Including other men. Yeah. Like his sister, like, I don't remember if it was him or her sister, but one of them straight up says like, no, she's constantly finding other men. Uh huh. And there for a bit, I was just like, wait a minute, who's who now? And yeah. it, it took me off guard. <laughs> it was like, wow. 
that's pretty forward. <laughs> yeah. Like, Isabel is blatant about what she does. She mm-hmm. does not care about Vincent Price or his feelings. No, not at all. Which is a all. shame because he's Vincent Price. Why would you hurt his feelings? <laughs> Don't hurt Vincent. Oh, he's fine. He's a tough nugget. <laughs> he's also dead. <laughs> he was a tough nugget. <laughs> I'm sure he's still tough. <laughs> Grizzly. <laughs> uh, so... His assistant, David, arrives late due to chasing a cat down an alleyway that they are going to use in their fear experiments. Here we go. They're going to scare a kitty. They're going to scare a kitty. Yeah, uh, side note here. There is no animal abuse in this There's movie. Not. Do not worry. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's, it, kitty, <laughs> kitty gets out okay. <laughs> kitty gets out just fine. There's a dog that's mentioned later, and I don't think ever makes it out of the car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, I, got you, I brought you a dog. You brought me a dog. Why? You told me to get a dog. Well, we don't need it. Okay. Shuts the door. Walks away. <laughs> Fucking leaves the dog it. in the car. <laughs> like, yeah, I remember having that thought. I was like, but what about the... You can't just... You don't leave a dog in a car. <laughs> you don't crack the window at least. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> leave him some water. Turn the radio to his favorite music. And leave a note. <laughs> uh, Price begins to tell David about Martha and her reaction to the blood and the fact that she can't release fear. So it just builds at her until she explodes. And David is like, huh, if she, I wonder what would happen because she couldn't faint, if she couldn't faint due to the fear, like what would happen to her? And Bryce is like, I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) These two men are getting horny off of this idea. Yeah. Lucy tries to break up their discussing abusing a woman and says, hey, no, we're, we're going to be late for our dinner. We got to move. And Price keeps trying to like pull David back into the conversation. So, science is important. Yeah. And then uh, David gives Price uh, a box of LSD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's important to note that this was the first movie in which LSD was used on screen. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. Before that, it was only a myth. <laughs> <laughs> it was only used offstage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, probably, but... Uh, Price begins reading a book about, uh, like, what LSD can do and what it does with, like, in regards to fear. Um, David, or he looks outside and sees Isabel, like, making out with another guy, and he grabs a fucking gun. Yeah. (laughs) Again, I was kind of confused. It's like... I mean, I can see where this is going, or, well, I thought I saw this, uh-huh. where this is going. I was just like, wow, they're really going to throw Price off the deep end right away. Yeah. And, and uh, like, again, I was like, uh, under the modern movie, you know, right, concepts, yeah. it's like, man, she is not doing a very good job of hiding this. No. No, that's the point. She just idiot. doesn't give a <laughs> shit. Like, she does not care. She's rubbing it right in Vincent Price's face. Mm-hmm. Uh, Isabel tries to sneak in, but... Like she takes off her shoes and she's creeping around the house, and Vincent Price is just standing in the dark, like looming. <laughs> yeah, like he's gonna ambush her. Yeah, and you think he's just gonna shoot her, right? But instead, he confronts her about the whole thing, and like we said, she doesn't even try to hide what mm-hmm. what she was doing. She's like, "Yeah, I was. <laughs> you aren't doing anything. I'm gonna go do something. You're so tied up in your lab and everything, and ooh, I'm gonna go make out with guys. How about that? Yeah, and and uh, preluding the scene, um. Lucy had a had a talk with Price saying that uh, that basically she needed money, right? And uh, and her sister was, for all intents and purposes, withholding it from her, right? Yeah. And Price tells Lucy like, "Don't worry, I'll talk with her. I'll try to get." Yeah, and he, she wouldn't give Lucy the okay to get married to David because uh-huh. apparently they were both ready to to tie yeah. the knot, and and Isabel is just like, "No, mm-hmm. he's just, you know, he's he's gonna be like." Vincent Price, but poor. So, <laughs> yeah, Price very much wants the two of them to get together, and Isabel suggests that the only way they're ever going to get married is over her dead body. And Price is just like, "Okay, <laughs> can be I got no problem with that." Even, yeah, straight up tell her, "Is like, yeah, okay. we can do that. <laughs> That's that is doable. That's doable, my dear." <laughs> uh. <laughs> Oh, you're so proud of yourself. He is. Look at him. Yeah, he's got my bone. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, you're a big goof. Alright. Uh, Price suggests that Isabel came into her fortune by killing her father, and if he was to exhume her father's body and do an autopsy, he would find uh, remnants of the poison that was used. 
And Isabel begins to get kind of squirrely about that. She's like, oh, suggesting that, oh, yeah, that's exactly that's what she did. That's probably exactly what happened, yeah. Yeah. Uh, then he pulls the gun on her when she starts to protest and marches her into the uh, the lab. Mm-hmm. And he, he tries to, he tells her straight up, like, you're going to give your sister that money or I'm going to shoot you. Yeah. <laughs> well, why are we going to the lab? Because it's going to be easier to stage things in the lab. <laughs> yeah. Like, Jesus. Yeah, no, he's he's being very forthright about it, too. Yeah, yeah. Th- they are really playing up, like, Vincent Price as a villain in this part, um, which, you know, is kind of interesting to where his character goes. It's very interesting because, like, I'll, I'll I mean, slight spoilers. Well, very... They do that a few times. Yeah, they so... really do. Like, at, at the end of the movie, the most you can say is that Vincent Price is an unethical scientist, but not, like, N- not evil. <laughs> he's he's unethical, but he doesn't cross any lines. No, not really. Like, this is the most he does, and it's to someone you can argue had it coming. Right. I mean, to be fair, he was going to terrify a cat probably to death. Well, so... probably, but it was the 1950s. I mean, <laughs> right. what, what, who amongst us hasn't terrified a cat to death in the 1950s? <laughs> That was, like, Monday morning. (laughs) Poor kitties. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, Vincent Price just straight up shoots Isabel in the gut, we think. Well, I mean, she dies. She She, she, she collapses. She collapses, and he puts her on the examination table and takes a bunch of x-rays, and then wakes her. The the funny thing is, too, like, he, he tells her... That he's going to stage it to look like she committed suicide. And when he sh- shoots her in the gut, I was like, that's going to be hard to stage, my man. Yeah, like, yeah. You should have aimed probably a little higher, I would right. say. But... So yeah, he, he plops her down on the examination table and takes a bunch of x-rays. And then wakes her up because the gun was actually loaded with a blank. Yeah, it was a fake. He faked her out real yeah, good. Yeah, and she's, she's pissed about it and just storms off. <laughs> yeah, apparently this is just a Monday evening for these two. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> damn, damn it, Vincent. You scared me thinking you were going to kill me again. <laughs> now I'm going to go make out with somebody else. With some again. other guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Man, it's like I said, the, the, the relationship these two have is just so unique, especially for, through today's lens. Right. Like, how so. did they even get married? They have nothing in common. <laughs> I'm sure there's a story there. Yeah. We need a pre-tingler. <laughs> the tingling. Uh, the next morning, David arrives, and Vincent Price shows him the x-rays that he took of Isabel, which shows a creature wrapped around her spine. And growing and as growing. time goes on. and it, yeah. it, or, 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 no, no, I guess receding in size. Yeah. Because yeah. he, shows, he shows Michael in reverse order. Yeah. But Michael. again, like... <laughs> Did I say Michael? You said Michael, man. That's someone else. That's the guy out there. <laughs> um, he shows he shows David the the X rays in reverse order, showing that like at the height of her terror her terror right it, it was, was huge. huge. It's like the size of her spinal column. Yeah, and again like that terrifying as a that's concept. spooky that there's a little parasite in us that grows as we get afraid. Yeah, like that could and we that's never notice. Yeah, that's pretty terrifying as far as like concepts go. Mm-hmm. If you can again put it past you, past right, the right. if you can put it past your disbelief, but the the two theorize on like like how this thing could operate and come to the conclusion that screaming could paralyze the creature or maybe even kill it. I don't know how they come to that conclusion, but hey, that's our premise of the movie. Well, because they they say that that's the they they come to that conclusion by like oh when you scream it releases the fear tensions yeah and that's what it is it's yeah. just it's it's actually. It's weird. Whatever. It is. Uh, Price suggests that if they could find someone who is incapable of screaming, then the tingler would continue to grow and still be large enough to autopsy after the patient dies. Now, where do we know someone who who that might apply to? I don't know. I I feel like there was a part in the movie setting something up, but it is slipping my mind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The next morning, Price says that he wants, that he can't scare himself. But he wants to, because that way he can feel what the tingler feels like, so he knows that that feeling. Yeah, but he's he's a he's an, a grown man, and he's an adult, and cannot be scared like a child. Yeah, <laughs> you can just get general generalized anxiety over everything. <laughs> yeah, you don't uh... actually become afraid because you're constantly in a state of fear. <laughs> because you welcome death. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh. Come on, Tingle Butsy. Just eat my, <laughs> eat my spine and kill me. Just do it. <laughs> Destroy me. <laughs> I'm tired of stressing about, out about the job that I left five years ago. Please, yeah. kill me. <laughs> if I have one more goddamn GameStop dream, I swear to God. <laughs> so, uh, Price locks himself in his lab, turns on the, uh, the tape recorder, and injects himself with twice the recommended dose of LSD. Yay! <laughs> and then Vincent Price proceeds to trip balls. <laughs> yeah, he does. He it, it's it's done very well too. Like he's trying to document his his yeah. state of mind and the symptoms as they come. It very quickly <laughs> he doesn't right. do that after a bit. But there's uh. What like I was reading the trivia and goofs on IMDb, oh, God. and uh, according to IMDb, <gasps> my segment, <laughs> one of the goofs is that he looks at his watch and reads the wrong time. That's not a goof. He's tripping balls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's on a massive dose of LSD and is freaking out you can't read his watch yeah straight up like one of the first things he said he's like blur vision's already going blur going blurry and then he looks at his watch and i was like yeah i gotta be able to read that my man yeah he just says oh it's eight o'clock and i guess the watch reads it's like one or something like that or like 10 oh <laughs> and it's like okay yeah, what a goof That's, what a goof <laughs> <laughs> but yeah he says his vision begins to blur like he says that the room is tilting and he is just like Falling over sideways. Yeah, and... he even yeah, he's like everything's tilting. It's not me. It's the room. <laughs> and while he's, he's leering over, uh, he feels that the walls are closing in on him, and he's trying desperately not to scream because mm -hmm. he wants to feel this fear effect and and document it. So like he begins biting on his hand to keep from screaming, uh, but he can't stop. He can't do it. He, it it's too much. The fear gets him. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Lucy and David are watching from outside the locked lab, just watching Vincent Price have an LSD freakout. Yeah, it was really funny because, like, before this, he's just like, "Hey, you know what? Take the day, take the night off. Right, you go, two go and have dinner. Go see a movie. Yeah, go see a movie." And it, he's like, "I'm just gonna go to my lab." And David's immediately like, "No, he's up to something. He's gonna do something <laughs> he's fucking do stupid." Something. <laughs> we're not. I going. know Vincent Price. <laughs> yeah, we're not going. We're gonna watch this. Although it's also really funny too, because they like immediately find that he locked himself in the room, and there's a little window in the yeah. <laughs> in the door, so that he's watching. And eventually, uh, like Lucy's like, "We should go in there and help him." And Dave's like, "No, no, I want to see how this plays out." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he is trip tripping on LSD, but I think he's going somewhere. Yeah, with it. he's getting somewhere. <laughs> he's getting results. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he he screams and passes out, and uh, we cut from there to. Him recovering from the experience and being like, okay, now that I'm, com I've completely shaken off my LSD trip, I'm gonna go visit my friend Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> Ollie says that ever since Martha saw Vincent Price's blood, she's been very listless. Uh, won't come out of the house. Roams around at night. She doesn't sleep. She doesn't sleep, and he's becoming afraid for her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he had to hire an, an actual ticket, right? The uh, ticket booth guy, and which was concerning because earlier like he was saying that it was literally just him and his wife they are yeah. the only two and they were maintained... barely keeping the place afloat yeah so it's like uh oh that's a problem yeah uh martha is hiding in the dark in their house and she and vincent price scare each other <laughs> yay that was weird it, it, it was weird but at the same time it's like yeah i can see that kind of happening and it does give her kind of a lighter mood once she realizes oh it's just my husband's friend vincent price yeah it's just the doctor the doctor who showed me his blood So, and ruined my life for it, apparently. Yeah, yeah. How does this work? <laughs> well, that, that's the thing. As well, we, 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 we yeah. learn, we learn, but yeah. still. And so Vincent Price, uh, like, gives her a quick examination. It's like, it's just nerves. You're going to be okay. You just need sleep. You just need some sleep. I'll give you a sedative now and give you a prescription for some sleeping pills. So you'll, you'll be okay. You'll get over this. Mm -hmm. So he lays her down and, you know, gives her the injection with... With uh, he, a sedative. Yeah, he, he assures her it's just a sedative. It's just a sedative. Mm -hmm. He says it so many times, you know, this is just a <laughs> just, sedative. This is just a sedative. <laughs> uh, Ollie goes out for a beer, 
uh, offers to bring Vincent Price, but Price is like, no, I need to go home. I just had a freaky LSD trip, and I probably need to lay down because my feet are snakes. Uh, and then, uh-oh, it seems that Vincent Price has slipped Martha some of his LSD because she begins to hallucinate. Yep. She she wakes up, doors are closing, windows are closing, and yep. or opening, I, th- I don't yeah, know. Yeah, the, the doors are opening and closing randomly. They're, like, locking so she can't open them. Uh, she tries to hide from her hallucinations, but it seems like the house is actively working against her. Yeah, there's a ghoul with a knife. There's a freaking yeah. Yeti hand throwing, throwing throws a hatchet. A hatchet. <laughs> well... It doesn't so much throw the hatchet as it just kind of lets go in her direction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it lets go and the hatchet flies at her. <laughs> <laughs> so, she, the, like, the creatures stalk her around the house and she hides in the bathroom. And then we get kind of a neat effect. This was wild. Yeah. Unex- it was wild unex- and it was very unexpected. Yes, I, yes. This, this took me for a loop. Yeah. Because she looks over at the sink and well you hear you hear the water, you running, hear the water running and i you know exactly what she's gonna see when she right. looks over to it but you don't expect it to see look like this yeah because the movie shot entirely in black and white it, it's a black and white movie it was in 1959 yeah, yeah black and white sure and then she looks over at the sink and there's bright red blood coming out of it. <laughs> yeah there is it's like whoa okay yep. and then she looks over at the bathtub and it's filled with bright red blood mm-hmm this is another kind of interesting point. Because color movies had been around at this point. Sure. Not many of them. They, they, but they, they, they have. They, they do exist. They did exist, yes. So to get this scene to look like this, it's a composite shot. William Castle had to shoot it twice. Once in a regular black and white camera. Mm-hmm. And then once in a color camera with everything else painted black and white. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. And then he composited the two shots together. That makes sense. It's really cool. Yeah. This was also like the most blood that had ever been on camera until this this point. Especially red blood. Yeah. Because in this, like, if you did a vampire movie, you you know, you put a little chocolate or cherry syrup on the guy's fangs and oh no, it's blood. Uh Uh-huh. This was the most that had been on on camera. Yeah. Wow. So it's kind of a weirdly important movie in a lot of ways. (laughs) And probably pretty shocking for audiences. Oh, yeah. And pun not intended. <laughs> it's shocking. It was probably very shocking for audiences, even before the actual shocks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but can you imagine being a 1950s audience going to see, like, what you think is just a bog-standard Vincent Price horror movie, and then this happened that, with this bright red blood? It, it would be It would be shocking. It would and, be very startling. And then someone sits out of the bathtub covered in blood. Mm-hmm. That's wild for it, this, t- for this yeah. movie. Yeah. So yes, the, the you know hand starts lifting itself out of the bathtub. Martha clutches her chest, her chest, and collapses on the floor. It's a bad time for her. Uh, the medicine cabinet swings open while she's like dying and says has her <laughs> death, death certificate and lingers on that for a little too long. <laughs> yeah, it's, and death by death, um, death by fright is, yeah, is her caps. cause of death. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's how they do death certificates is in scare caps. <laughs> Well, I mean, she doesn't know. No. Her subconscious wouldn't know. Her no, hallucinations no. would just show her what she knows. <laughs> yep. Uh, Price arrives home from being over at Ollie's and receives a call, but there's no one on the other end of the line, so he just goes, eh, and hangs up. Uh, Isabel is home and apparently had a special guest over who liked to drink. Yeah, the two of them are Isabel and, and uh, Price... They have another con- another back and forth that is right, very yeah. just, just it's bee stingy. It's a little wasp stingy. It is, yeah, yeah. But uh, is or Ollie bursts in the door and is like, "Hey, Doc! Like Martha is in bad shape. You got to check her out." I tried to call, but no one was there. So apparently, that's who was on the line, and they live like three blo- like a block over. I don't know. <laughs> um. So. Price and Ollie take Martha down to the lab and put her on the examination table, but she seemingly dies right there. While discussing, like, the events of, like, how Ollie found her in the bathroom while she was, you know, passed out, Martha just sits up under the sheet like nothing was wrong, and Ollie and Price are just kind of stunned. Yeah, that's not supposed to happen. And then she lays back down. That's weird. Yeah. (laughs) 
Price gives Martha's body the once-over, stating she's been dead for several hours at this point. Which is weird, because Ollie felt her move when he picked her up. Yeah, he said that she moved when he was on the way over. Right. Which is creepy as hell, considering what we know. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was the tingler vibrating. <laughs> Uh, Ollie gives Price the okay to do an autopsy and examine her spine, which Price is fucking jazzed about. He's really into this. Yeah. And Isabel peeps on them because, I don't know, she got curious. Uh, We see in silhouette behind a curtain as Vincent Price pulls a massive tingler from Martha's spine. And the creature is still alive <laughs> and slightly wiggling as much as a prop can wiggle. <laughs> as much as a big rubber cockroach can. Yeah. It's more of a or centipede. centipede. Yeah, I yeah. know, but still. <laughs> but yeah, it's a large centipede-like creature, roughly the size of an arm, which is big. It's pretty big. Yeah. Um, it bites into Price's arm, which causes him to scream, making it collapse. So they are right about the scream thing. Yep. That's good. Yep. Uh, while, uh, Vincent Price and Ollie try to corral the, the tingler, Isabel steals Price's LSD. <laughs> She's going to go and have herself a party. Yeah. Well, no, she prepares a, a drink for Vincent Price oh. and pours the LSD into the drink. Oh, sneaky. Yep. <laughs> uh, Price wants to call a funeral parlor to prepare Martha, but Ollie is really squirrely about it. And says, no, he'll, he'll just take her home and, and deal with it there. Yeah. I, he doesn't give any really good no. explanations. He just this. says, no, that's what I'm doing. And then he, he does it. <laughs> he just, he takes her. Yep. Isabel wants to celebrate uh, Vincent Price's discovery. And she gives him the doped drink. Which, instead of making him have a freak out, just kind of causes him to get all sleepy and pass out. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was a lot of nails. It's a good thing he didn't overdose. Yeah. <laughs> It, it, it was also a unique uh, little bit, too, because you can definitely get more of an insight into their relationship because she uh, she is handing him one glass, uh-huh. and he's just like, uh-uh, I know you too well. I'm going to take that other glass. So he takes that one, and she's just like, ah-ha-ha, uh-huh, I knew you were going to do that. You know, 40 chess, checkmate. <laughs> Luckily, so- I've built up a tolerance to Ivocaine powder. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was interesting. I just thought that was fun. Uh, Ollie calls Vincent from his house and is like, yeah, I've gotten Martha taken care of. She's at the funeral home now. And Vincent Price is just like, blah, and passes (laughs) out. Good night. (laughs) Price goes sleepy now. (laughs) So Isabel hangs up the phone for him and Ollie's just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Um, we see back at Ollie's that, uh, he has not, in fact, taken care of Martha as she's still wrapped in a sheet on the bed. She's just there. She's just there. And uh, Ollie has a mask that looks an awful lot like one of the creatures that stalk Martha around the house. Yep, he also has a glove that looks like a Yeti glove. And, and he's a got knife, the knife and a hatchet. Yeah. <gasps> Ollie! Yep. <laughs> What's your game here? Uh, Isabel grabs the caged tingler and releases it on Vincent Price. Uh, so it crawls up his body and begins to throttle his neck so he yeah. can't scream. Yeah, she goes all burk on him. Yep. Lucy arrives home just in time to see the creature and screams, causing it to become paralyzed and fall off of Vincent Price. Uh, The next day, David and Vincent try to kill the creature, but it is seemingly immortal. It cannot be murdered. Cannot be killed. Price decides to not tell anybody about the creature or write about it because finding out that we have a tiny parasite that feeds off of fear in all of our spines would lead to mass panic. Yeah, suddenly, like, we start to see... Up until this point, it, it was very much, you know, obviously implied that Price was, was going to do anything he could to uh-huh. make this discovery, get this out and everything. But at this point, you start to see, like, no, no, he's he's got lines. And, yeah. he, and he realizes that, like, even though this is what he's been working on, it's the, the truth is far too terrifying. Yeah. Price wants to put the creature back in Martha's body, hoping that since the host is dead and no longer feels fear, the creature will die. <laughs> yeah, it'll just it'll just shrink and go away. Yeah. I mean, that's some solid sciencing there. <laughs> yeah, I don't really get it. <laughs> Whatever. We're we're along for the ride at yeah, this point. Yeah. Uh 
Dave tries to locate her body at a morgue or funeral parlor and can't. Yeah, he calls around. It ain't, it ain't anywhere. Nope, she hasn't been reported to the police. There's been no reports at all. Uh, so Vincent Price is kind of putting two and two together here. Meanwhile, Isabel is just gone. She's she gone. fled <laughs> after attempted murder via Tingler, which I think is like some sort of sex move. <laughs> also, they I, I don't think any court will convict her of it. No. <laughs> uh, back at Ollie's place, he opens Martha's safe and scoops out all of the money. That was his game. He wanted the money that was also his. Yeah, that was, well, it was his, but she was the one who was protective of it. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Airtight. Sure. Airtight motivation. Uh, Price arrives at their house with the huge tingler in a box. <laughs> a, little, a little tingler cage. And then Price finds all the things that Ollie used to scare Martha to death, as well as Martha's body. There they are. So he's got the whole thing here. Yep. Ollie immediately confesses to the murder and is just like, you know, I I was afraid of her. I thought she was going to kill me. And it's like, no, dude. Like, mm-hmm. Although Ollie is, little jerk. <laughs> Ollie is like remarkably amenable to, the, like during the yeah. rest of this, like, he's like, yeah, I killed a man. Yeah, I'm probably going to go to prison if this gets out. Or I killed a man. I killed, I killed my wife. And yeah, I'm, I'm going to go to prison and probably get the electric chair if this gets out. Yep. Hey, I'm going to help you track down this thing. Yeah. I'm going to help you out for a bit. Yeah. His price is pretty upfront with him. He's just like, after we're done here, I'm calling the police. Mm-hmm. And all he's just like, yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess that's what happens. <laughs> yeah. Just, no, I deserve it. <laughs> the movie does kind of lose the plot here in the in the final act. It really but it's does. because we have to get to the theater scene. <laughs> like... Yeah, there's no... it was the whole the whole point was right was this yeah yeah so uh, the tingler busts out of its cage and scoots down a loose floorboard to the theater below where an audience is watching a silent movie an audience much like the audience who would be watching this movie in a theater yeah but but this movie isn't a silent movie no it's not so there's the there the parallel is completely broken oh, shattered even. Okay. <laughs> We uh, watch the audience watch the movie while the Tingler hits the stage. We get a lot more of this movie than I was anticipating. Yeah, yeah. Is this a real movie? Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm again. I don't want know much of the silent I don't know film era. About silent movies, like, <laughs> but I always thought they were a lot more slapsticky than. I mean, no, that's like, probably the the that's the Buster Keaton stuff. But... Well, yeah, and it, it's probably just from the the cultural. Right. impact that they had i didn't realize they actually did action and thriller and uh-huh. dramas but I, mean, <laughs> well, like, I mean drama i could see but the oldest movie we still have a record of is an adaptation of frankenstein no fair but i don't know i just I didn't, ex- I didn't expect to see an action sequence in a, oh, in a silent yeah. film that Two was just, just wailing weird. on each other and it was mm-hmm. weird and surprisingly good <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Surprisingly visceral. Like, I was convinced those two men were fighting each other. <laughs> yeah. Dude just smacking his head into the wall of that cabin. And, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Price and Ollie go down to the theater to hunt for the creature while it grabs onto a young woman, causing her to scream and faint and driving it off. Price turns off the movie, plunging the theater into darkness. Which... I, it was a very weird decision. Like, it's a weird thing to have happen when you're watching it now. Yeah. But after knowing what you were talking right. about, it makes a lot more sense. Yeah, no, because the screen would go black. You just hear Vincent Price's voiceover like he was in the theater with you. Yeah. And then all of a sudden people are getting shocked and screaming. Well, at, at, at first, like in this point, at this point, he was just yeah. like, ladies and gentlemen, a woman has fainted. She's fine. Yeah. We've already gotten her out of there. You may not have noticed. I yeah. don't know how, but... Because it's, it's like, very dark in here. It's like, what? Okay, it was very weird. Uh, the Tingler crawls into the projection booth and turns off the movie before being projected across it like it was that giant moth when we went to go see Guardians of the Galaxy 3. <laughs> we had a moth infestation when we went to go see that. Yeah, it's summer in southern yeah. Colorado. That's what yeah. happens. But yeah, Every just, three years or something, something like, that. like that. Anyway. Yeah. But big old... Tingler is projected onto the screen, and it would have been just in the movie theater, too, like when you went to go see this. And it would have looked just like that. It would have looked just like that, yeah. And then he, then and he, then the, yeah. then we get the narration of Price encouraging everybody to scream. Yep. While people are being electrocuted in the theater. <laughs> yep, yeah, but also on in the movie, people are screaming, yep. and it's the worst. Yep. 
the projectionist managed to scream as the tingler crushes his throat, and then Price and Ollie lock it in a film canister. Because that'll hold it. That'll, that'll yeah, whatever. <laughs> the, the, the cage that I have to assume was made specifically for the tingler, because it was perfectly tingler-sized. It was tingler-sized, yes. <laughs> Could not contain it, but this the film canister, I'm sure, is fine. Yeah. Uh, Price inserts the tingler back into Martha's body, which apparently does what, what does what they wanted to do. And then Ollie pulls a gun on him. Oh man, you're and, not calling the cops on me. Yeah, and Vincent Price is like, dude, you're not gonna shoot. You're a wormy little bastard. <laughs> yeah, Price is like, <laughs> Price practically just laughs and walks away. Yeah, like you're you're not gonna shoot me. I f- I'm gonna give you the biggest, whitest shot of my body while I slowly walk down the <laughs> stairs. You're not gonna shoot me. And Ollie's just like. You're right. Yeah, this isn't even a real gun. <laughs> <laughs> this is full of blanks, just like the other gun. Yeah. Uh, then all these mechanical tricks in the uh, the house begin to activate. The door locks, the window opens and closes, and Martha's body sits up. Oh my god! Uh, seemingly operated by the Tingler. You would think. I think. I think is, either that or either that or ghosts are real in this movie too. <laughs> We don't know that they're not. Yeah, just, I don't know. I mean, we've been gotten we've been we've been getting some very loose science up till this point. Right. So, but I mean, that does imply that the Tingler can now operate the bodies like puppets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ollie can't bring himself to scream as the movie closes, and we get another voiceover from Vincent Price, double dog daring us not to scream the next time we're afraid. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, just a word of warning. If any of you are not convinced that you have a tingler of your own, the next time you're frightened in the dark, don't scream. And that's it. And that's it, yeah. That was it. This was a, a fun little movie. It I enjoyed was, this. It was entertaining. It was, <laughs> it was something else. Yeah. Uh, the, the Tinglers become kind of a, I don't know, a weird little cult movie. Like, the the knowledge of William Castle electrocuting people in their seats has kind of gone into pop culture as well. Um, I've heard that from different sources before I started looking into this movie. Sure. They released a prop version of the Tingler, like, around early 2000. And you can see uh, a lot more detail on the creature. And it's got a cute little face. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, you really can't see. <laughs> okay, I kind of let's see if I can figure that. Let's see here, um, Tingler prop. Okay, well, there's some concept art. It's a lot more orange than yeah. <laughs> I was expecting. I mean, I, I, I guess well, it's black and white in the movie. You really can't. Yeah, right. I can kind of see the face. Yes, it's got a, it's got a cool little face. Give me a close up of the face, dang it! None of these, none of these show that. But all right. Yeah, I decided to to suggest this one for one thing. I wanted to do an older movie, sure. And also, um, uh, the blogger Bog Leach on his site recently did a list of thirty-one creature movies with weird creatures. Okay. And this was one of them. Yeah. And this was one of the only ones that I think we could possibly do for the, mo- for the <laughs> podcast. The other Fair. ones are kind of conceptual. <laughs> okay. I mean, this definitely like when you when you bring him up, this is definitely a very much of a him sort yeah, type yeah. of thing. So. Well, yeah, that's there, yep. Tingler. All right. Yep. Um, so, yeah, make sure you scream. Scream a lot, man. I guess. If you get scared. But we're adults. Because, we don't so we scared. don't get scared, no. Except by the Tingler, which is apparently the scariest thing of all. <laughs> the two scariest things. The Tingler and being electrocuted in a, in a, <laughs> in theater. a dark theater. Yeah, by, by William Castle. Anyway. <laughs> all right. So, uh, I guess we'll head on over to a crunch. Yep. Let's do this thing. That's crunch. I've been dragging my feet across my back And I've been rubbing my head against my neck And I've been walking my fingers through my mind And I've been feeling this feeling in my spine And I believe I believe in everything I don't need 
right, so I tried some very, very silly stuff with this. Good. And I don't know if they, if it works at all. Who cares? <laughs> at this point, yeah, who gives two shits? Let's just... I, again, I, I think I'm going to I'm gonna bring it back to, like... St- homebrew stat blocks have to fill one of two niches. Right. They have to be really unique and cool or hilarious yeah. and silly. That's the, There's no in-between. So... Okay, so uh, this is the vibrator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, a tiny aberration, uh-huh. neutral. All right. Armor class of 12, natural armor. Uh, a whopping 12 hit points. Oh, yeah, that seems pretty easy to kill. I don't know why they're having so many issues. I know, right. A uh, speed of 20 feet and a climb of 20 feet. That's... <laughs> What? Honestly, I think you're giving it a little bit more credit than we see in the movie, but okay. <laughs> Who am I to judge? Um, Them fishing lines could only carry that thing so far and so fast. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Uh, strength of plus three, dex of plus zero, con of plus zero, intelligence of a minus two, wisdom of a minus one, and charisma of a minus three because it's a big gross bug. <laughs> a gross bug that lives in your spine. Yep. <laughs> Uh, only skill is stealth at a plus two. It's apparently very good at hiding. It is. I mean, I'll, I'll give it credit on that. Uh, damage vulnerability to thunder. Screams. <laughs> Screams is thunder. Yep. Uh, damage immunities, special. What? Condition immunities, special. Now, Chris. What? <laughs> Though neither of those things mean anything in the D&D world. I don't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> we have blind sight out to 60 feet. Uh, blind beyond the radius. And perception of, or passive perception of nine. Okay. Challenge rating of uno. The one. Yep. So let's get into what this thing can do. Yes, please. Uh, First, its its first ability is uh, astrophobia. Okay. Which is fear of thunder. Sure. Uh, The vibrator is resistant to all forms of damage it is not weak to, and is immune to all conditions. If the vibrator takes thunder damage, it loses these resistances and immunities until the end of its next turn. Oh, Okay. So that's why it has special. special sure. Yeah. And rather than actually listing out every yes. single freaking damage and yes. condition. Okay. Uh, next we have uh, gyroscophobia, which is, um, what is that? Fear of, fear Gyros. of growing. Fear of growing. Oh, okay. Fear of growing. Uh, whenever a creature that is frightened comes within 60 feet of the vibrator or a creature within that area becomes frightened, the vibrator increases in size by one step, from small to medium, medium to large, etc. Oh my god. With a maximum size of gargantuan. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, whenever this increase occurs, the vibrator heals for 20 hit points. Uh, its maximum H- HP increases by 30. Its AC increases by 1. Its strength increases by 1. Its challenge rating increases by 1. And its attacks increase their damage die by one step, from a d4 to a d6, etc., and gain an additional damage die. Oh, jeez. So this thing exponentially grows. Yep. Okay, that's... Wow, that's unique. I yep. like that. Uh, and its final ability is Phobophobia, which is fear of fear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, creatures within 60 feet of the vibrator have disadvantage on saving throws made to resist the frightened condition and the fear spell. Ooh, Interesting. Um, yeah, this, honestly, this guy would be, uh, real good friends with our, with our good friend, the Swamp Peep. Yep. <laughs> uh, action. And, wait, didn't I create, didn't we create another creature that worked off of fear? Um, um. Oh, the, the, uh, the Stitcher. Yes. Yep. We've done a couple that are based off of fear because so did the, uh, the subclass that we made for, uh, Psycho Gorman. Right, right. I mean, I guess that kind of goes hand in hand with horror movies, but yeah. still. Interesting. It's it, it's interesting to see the kind of synergy that we're creating mm-hmm. with some of these creatures. So, yep. Actions. Uh, he'll he has multi attacks, so he makes two vice grip attacks. Because Vincent Price says it's like being trapped in a mechanical press. Yeah. Uh, vice grip melee weapon attack plus five to hit reach of five feet one target hit five one d four plus three piercing damage. Simple as that. And then it just keeps getting bigger the more people are scared around him. Wow. You notice he does not actually have the ability to instill fear himself. Yeah, I, I did notice that. That's why I was saying, like... Uh-huh. He needs someone to do that for him. Yeah. But once he does, he gets very dangerous very fast. Which makes sense, because, like, in the movie, with the exception of the theater scene, nobody is actually afraid of the tingler. Mm-mm. It's other external stimuli that yeah. that cause the fear and create it in yep. the first place, and it just kind of feeds and, make, and makes the murder happen. Exactly. 
So um, thematically appropriate. I dig it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I don't know if that works, but it seems like it does. It, it sounds sure. It's one of those things where it's going to require some weird bookkeeping on part of the person running the game. But uh huh. I pity the future me, maybe. Because I do still plan on like running a, d- mm-hmm. a dungeon with a lot of our creatures here, and and yes, you're going to end up going into a room with all of our fear-based creatures, and it's going to be the most horrible thing for everybody involved. Everyone's <laughs> just screaming and running away. It's going to be awful. But and God help you if nobody in your party has anything that does thunder damage. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, because I don't I don't know if I would uh, be so kind as to say you can just scream real loud and just, no. to incapacitate this thing. Well, that's where you need someone who has their subclass from the Death Cap episode. <laughs> It all's tied together. <laughs> it's just all coming together. <laughs> you just need to you need to be that failed idol and scream uh-huh, and, just scream and as actually as you can. weaponize your voice and, and then this thing will pop. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool, Chris. Um, I appreciate that. I yeah, like it a lot. Thank you. Uh, so with that, I guess yeah. What what the hell are we doing next, Matt? Well, uh... just record each of us saying. Monster Hunter, and you could just and ADR just... it over the actual. <laughs> it would not make any sense because <laughs> you're talking about the movie being a sequel to one you like, and it's Monster Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> just obviously ADR. I mean, let's let's face it. Um, I'll probably change my mind again in the future. It's true. <laughs> like this is not the first time we've had to do this. Yeah, it's not gonna be the last. Yeah, yeah. We'll save it. Okay. We'll save it. So, um. <laughs> I don't know. Let's let's give a let's give a couple um let's do take a couple takes on that and we'll we'll see what I can do. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Um, okay. I'll, I'll uh Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter. <laughs> Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter. Ruro. Let's go to Gaddy. Um, what if you just released that? Probably gonna, <laughs> probably going to. Yeah, next. Uh, so next time we're gonna be doing Monster Hunter uh, because yep. I have been playing the playing uh, Monster Hunter Rise. We've, We've been playing, playing the, the Monster game. Hunter World board game and streaming that. Yep. Um, all about Monster Hunter right now. So yeah, we're gonna be doing Monster Hunter. Cool. Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter. Was that your Nick Cage? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but yeah, so with that, we will uh, hopefully get you in ideally two weeks. Who knows, man? Maybe three, maybe four. I don't. I don't know. I don't. This this year's been bad. It's been I, a bad year full of bad things. This is the year of no schedule. Yeah. Um. But uh, I do appreciate if you uh, did stick with us and are continuing to stick with us, or even if you just found us, we appreciate you listening. Thank you mm-hmm. so much. Um. If you did enjoy the podcast or if you enjoyed this episode, uh, share it with a friend. Uh, if you hated it, uh, share it with an enemy. Uh, make them suffer along with you. Um. Incidentally, uh, just a side note, I, I've been saying that for a while. Uh-huh. I had just recently got to an episode of uh, What the Folklore Where Carmen Says That. Oh. <laughs> I was like, son of a bitch. I thought I was being original. <laughs> but anyway, um, I digress. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, also, if you would like to support us in a more tangible uh, methodology. Uh, if do you want to s- tingle our spines. <laughs> give us a little bit of a tingle um, in a good way. The good tingle. Or the good vibrator. There's a lot of thumping going on stairs. There's a lo- Let's end this quick. Hurry. <laughs> Sounds like the roof's about no, to No, I'm going to continue to drag this out and be uncomfortable as possible. Oh, okay. But you can support us on the Patreon. Uh, $5 a month will get you the Swamp Heap level. Bringing that guy back in. Yep. Um, but uh, we love that guy. Yeah, we love. He's a good guy. Uh, you can get huge backlog of content that may or may not be publicly available at some point. Um, <laughs> I keep saying it. I'm not doing anything to further that. I'm the only one with that power, yeah. and I'm not utilizing. Like it. this is all. This is all you, man. It is. Um, but uh, huge backlog of content. Early access to our comics crunch episodes, uh, which should hopefully also be back on track. Uh. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> on me. We're only halfway through the month. We can. It's we got still time. Um. But uh, 
but yeah, all of that, uh, and then of course the bonus Critter Kittles episodes where we create the said backlog yes. of content. Um, and also, you can, as of last week's episode, get a little bit more of a lore dump from uh, from our history in yeah. RPGs. I was not expecting that. That was kind of cool. <laughs> and I, I think I might do that more going forward, but I mean... Just depends on mm-hmm. how I feel, I guess. Because I mean, <laughs> I tend to pick a lot of movies that are very difficult to kibbles up. Oh well, what the hell am I going to do for this? Yeah, good luck. Uh, <laughs> Vincent Price stat block. Vincent Price stat block. Anyway, um, so yeah, uh, I think I've rambled enough. You have um, links of various things in the description, including access to the stat blocks and socials and other such. Uh, and if you have any recommendations or movies you'd like us to cover, hit us up. And we will see you next time. The Bye. Closer in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Scream! 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 <laughs>